Good evening, and welcome once again to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. We're glad to have you with us this evening, and we uh, are going to be studying this coming week on the meaning in the music. Be taking various songs that we sing, uh, looking at their scriptural foundation, but what we have for Sunday night is what we are calling freestyle. Uh, what that means is that the speaker gets to choose what he wants to deal with, uh, whether he wants to follow the theme of the week or, or do something else. And so I have chosen this evening to go in another direction although I will be mentioning a song and talking about it a little bit uh, somewhat later on. Before I get into all of that, I would like to take a moment to speak of something else, and that is the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, we are, as you know, approaching a year uh, since the original lockdown because of this COVID pandemic that has uh, wreaked such havoc worldwide. Now, let me come into that from a slightly different direction that in the length of my ministry, I have studiously avoided getting too involved in the timing of the coming of the Lord. He told us no man knows the day nor the hour. And so I've not really worried about it very much. If I got it figured out, I'm guaranteed to be wrong. So there are uh, arguments that uh, have been made through the actually centuries about whether Jesus was coming before a tribulation in the middle of the tribulation, after the tribulation, pre-mid, mid-trib, post-trib. Uh, a good friend of mine once said he believed in pan-trib, that whatever happened, it would all pan out all right for God's people. Uh, uh, so we will, as Jesus told us in Matthew 24, we will have tribulation. And there are those who believe in different times of Jesus coming and whether or not they will go through various parts of a, a tribulation time. Uh, but the thing that has come to my attention and that I'm beginning to question is how would some folks hope to make it through a time of great tribulation when so many are not really doing well making it through a year or so of COVID. Can you live for God if circumstances are not to your liking? Can you continue to live for God when things don't go according to your plan? It's just a thought that I, I wanted to leave with all of you to to realize that we do need to dig our own wells. We do need to have our own walk with God. And that if we will walk with him, stay close to him, he will see us through. Now, I'm a teacher 
<clears throat> that uh, has become obvious through the uh, length of my ministry that that's what I am. I, I may be involved in other things, but it seems like that uh, every time I try to do something, it winds up with the teaching ministry. Uh, but I found in uh, 2 Timothy 4 and 5, and let me give it to you from the Weymouth translation, the New Testament in modern speech, where Paul wrote to Timothy and said, but as for you, you must exercise habitual self-control and not live a self-indulgent life, but do the duty of an evangelist and fully discharge the obligations of your audience. King James Version says, do the work of an evangelist. So tonight, <clears throat> there may be some teaching in what I do. It seems to nearly always wind up that way, but I want to do some of the work of an evangelist to tell the story, to bring to you what God has made available to us. In fact, uh, one of my favorite songs is number 303 in the songbook that uh, we have used for so many years, the Singing to the Lord songbook. And the, the third verse of that particular song uh, says this, I love to tell the story, tis pleasant to repeat what seems each time I tell it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story. I love to look at it. And so tonight, if you'll allow me for a little while to be an evangelist, to share with you some of the old, old story. Now, I'm not going into the, the crucifixion itself. And I'm not going to talk necessarily with an emphasis on the resurrection, but I, I do want to take you to the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, uh, my reading tonight as we go through this will be from the Bible and American translation. One of my former pastors uh, used to use this particular translation, and he always identified it as the Smith Goodspeed version or translation. Now, if I could start out with just a, a little bit of the story, the background of it, if you will, that there was a soldier. In fact, the title of this evening's message is In the Old Soldier's Home. And in this soldier's home in Israel, he was a centurion. He was over a hundred men, one sixtieth of a legion. And he was 
unusual for a Roman soldier. He was a devout man. He was probably what was in that day called a God-fearer. He was a Gentile who had somehow come to know and then accept the teachings of Judaism. He was a very good man. Most churches in this day would be glad to have him on their membership role. He prayed. He gave offerings. He was just known as a, as a good guy. I think it's interesting that uh, this man who was a, a companion in arms with multitudes of others was yet a man who had a conscience, who had a desire to do what was right, to have a right relationship with God. And as he was about three o'clock one afternoon at home and he was praying, an angel appeared to him and gave him a, a short message because angels don't preach this gospel. We do. And the angel told him, your prayers and your offerings have come up as a memorial before God. And therefore send to Joppa, and find there a man named Simon Peter. He's lodging with another fellow named Simon who happens to be a tanner and he lives by the seaside. So Cornelius, the Roman soldier, the old soldier, and it was his home. And uh, in this old soldier's home, he called two of his servants and then one of his military aides and sent them to Joppa to collect Simon Peter, if you will, and bring him back because the angel had given that direction. And Cornelius, of course, knew about authority. Tell someone to do something, they do it. You get told to do something, you do it. It's the way it works in the army. And uh, so let's fast forward to the next day when about noon, Simon Peter is hungry, but lunch is not fixed yet. So he goes up on that flat roof of probably what was a four-room house, which is typical in, in that part of the world in that day. And there he fell into a trance, had a vision of a, a like sailcloth sheet coming down out of heaven with all kinds of critters in it things that crawled along the ground, things that flew in the air, all sorts of four-footed beasts. And he heard a voice saying, arise, Peter, slay and eat. And of course, Simon Peter uh, always had an opinion and most of the time expressed it. No, Lord, I, I can't do that because I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke again, what I, God, have cleansed, don't you call it common or unclean. This happened two more times. Uh, Simon Peter kind of came out of his trance and, and he was wondering now, what was all that about? And at that same time, these three folks who had come from the old soldier's home uh, came to the door and came uh, came to the door, the uh, 
knock and all of that, but it's, Simon Peter didn't seem to hear the knock because the Lord spoke to him and said, there's some folks downstairs that have come to see you and to talk to you. Go with them and, and don't doubt anything. So what's Simon Peter to do? He goes downstairs, he finds these three folks from the old soldier's home and he goes with them. When he comes to the house of Cornelius, uh, Cornelius rushes to him, bows down before him, uh, paying obeisance to him. And uh, Simon Peter picks him up and says, oh, no, no, don't, don't bow to me. I, I'm just a man like you are. And so he asked, what am I doing here? I was back there and these fellas said, come and, and uh, what, am I, what am I here for? And so Cornelius told Simon Peter the story from the day before. I was praying around three o'clock an angel appeared, said to uh, bring you here. And so Simon Peter went into the house and when he did, he discovered that Cornelius had invited into his home his relatives and several associates and friends. Now, Cornelius is a Gentile. He's an Italian. And he's going to have a lot of, uh, or he's from Italy, and he's a Roman soldier, and he's, he's going to have a lot of, of Gentile friends, and he's invited many of them to come to hear Simon Peter. And let me pick up the story here from the scripture from the uh, Smith Goodspeed Bible in verse number 34. Then Peter began and said, now I really understand that God shows no partiality, but welcomes the man of any nation who reveres him and does what is right. He has sent his angel or his message to Israel's descendants and made the good news of peace known to them through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know the story. It was obvious in, in those days. It was all the talk of the country. You know the story that has gone all over Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. The story was about Jesus of Nazareth and how God endowed him with power of the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and curing all who were in the power of the devil because God was with him. Now this Simon Peter's telling him this. You know this story, but I'm just going to hit the high points of it and remind you of what's going on in verse 39. We are witnesses of everything that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, yet they put him upon a cross and killed him. But God raised him to life on the third day and caused him 
to be plainly seen, not by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had designated beforehand, that is, by us, who ate and drank with him after he had risen from the dead. He also directed us to announce to the people and bear solemn testimony that he is the one whom God has anointed or appointed to be the judge of the living and the dead. It is to him that all the prophets bear witness that everyone that believes in him will have his sins forgiven in his name. So what Simon Peter said. Now, we pick up some commentary here. And Luke explains, before Peter had finished saying these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to his message. And the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been showered upon the heathen too. For they heard them speaking in foreign languages and declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter said, can anyone refuse the use of water to baptize these people who, when they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did. Notice that, just as we did. And he directed that they should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on there a few days. This is uh, what many have called the, the first opening of the door of the church to the Gentile nations, that Simon Peter went and spoke to them. And, and here was this uh, Roman soldier, a, a man of arms, a man who had probably shed blood in, in his day. And, and yet something had gotten hold of his heart and he wanted to do right. And he was praying to the God of the of the Israelites, and he was giving gifts and, and, and helping people out, and uh, it had become such, a, a, such an amazing thing that God had dispatched an angel and given him direction to get in touch with one of the ministers of the gospel to come and, and tell him the message. Now, as we look at this, I, I want you to Hark back to some other lessons that we have had that this is descriptive rather than prescriptive. It tells us what happened. It's not necessarily setting a pattern or a requirement, but it is letting us know this is what happened in this incident or in this instance, but it is also descriptive in the fact that it tells us God can do things in ways that we don't plan for, that we have not thought about, that God can touch hearts and lives and fill people with his spirit when we're not ready for it. They are, but we're not. 
And so as we look at this, we, we see that uh, Simon Peter went there and there was no choir. There's some people that just love choirs. I like good choir music. But there wasn't any choir in the old soldier's home. In fact, I'm sure it was a, a nice place for that day and that time and, and his pay grade. But it was not a fancy facility. It was just an old soldier's home. I've just gone through the, the message that Simon Peter gave to him. And I notice that in this, he's telling the old, old story. He probably loved to tell the story too. But I don't see any real deep theology there. He's just telling what happened. They crucified him. He rose again, and he's going to be the judge of the living and the dead. There was no entertainment. There was not uh, some kind of a, a special team that was brought in for uh, some exciting new thing that they were going to do. I, I remember uh, hearing Back in Oklahoma, there was a, a large church uh, near where I pastored, and they were always having some kind of special something. Uh, they would bring in this speaker, and they'd bring in that entertainer, and, and uh, they had people who came and lifted weights, and I guess told uh, something about uh, the power of God in, in all of I don't know. I didn't go to see it, but... Uh, uh, it seemed to me like the pastor there was not so much of a preacher as a, a booking agent and that they were drawing those huge crowds by keeping people entertained. But there was, there was not entertainment in the old soldier's home. Now, what was there was somebody, Cornelius, who had already had an experience of repentance. He was already changing his life. He was already different from those around him in the same business. He, he already believed the word. There was some, some preliminary work that had been done some way, somehow, before Simon Peter's shadow ever crossed the threshold of the old soldiers home. You know, I've, I've kind of figured out from watching various animals, and let me just talk about sheep. A hungry sheep will eat, and it doesn't have to be garnished and all prettied up. If a sheep is hungry, it will eat. The flip side of that is that a sick sheep many times will not eat. It's right there, but it won't eat. Now, in the old soldier's home, Simon Peter found out that God's not limited 
to what we are used to. Simon Peter had preached on the day of Pentecost, huge crowd. Now he's in a Gentile's home, probably the first time he's ever been in a Gentile's house in his life. But it doesn't have to be what we're used to. God moved anyway. It doesn't have to fit our mold for God to be active and to touch souls. If you're listening to me tonight and you're saying, well, I'm just online, I'm, I'm not in a church, this is not a fancy cathedral, is it hasn't been here for 500 years with great stained glass windows, you don't need all of that stuff. You just need to make contact with God. You need to open up your heart to him. I've already mentioned that uh, there wasn't any deep theology. There wasn't any systematic theology. Simon Peter didn't, didn't start with the, the creation of the world and, and bring it down and talk about the nature of God and, and, and go through a whole lot of other things to try to reach the old soldier. He just told him in very simple terms, the old, old story. He didn't have specific bullet points. There was no PowerPoint. There wasn't a, a chalkboard, whiteboard. A lot of things weren't available. But you see, the, the thing is that we are the ones that use a lot of these tools and it's God's spirit that actually does the work. There were no, no PowerPoint. There was no interpretive dance. They didn't have that. There, no finely robed choir. Not a, this wasn't even a regularly scheduled service. But God moved. God filled hearts and souls. God directed these folks. There was, there was no altar call. You, did you notice that? They interrupted Simon Peter's message while he was in the middle of telling them what he was going to tell them. And I'm sure he could have gone for hours. But in just a short time, I'll talk about that in a moment, but in just a short time, God interrupted the service. There was no altar call. There was no old sawdust trail. There were just hungry hearts and a message that could reach those who wanted to hear it. There was no mourner's bench. As far as I know, nobody fell to their knees and sought God for 45 minutes. The Spirit just came and they just took it in. They believed what God was telling them through his preacher. Just shortly before I, I came on tonight, I, uh, I read Peter's sermon to Cornelius. 
starting with that part in, in verse 34, where he said, uh, I now really understand that God shows no partiality. That was the, that was the introduction to his message. And he then went on preaching until he got to the, the part where he, uh, he said that, uh, everyone that believes in him will have his sins forgiven in his name. And at that point, the Holy Ghost fell and these people received the spirit. And so I, just before I got on this evening, I, I took my stopwatch on my phone and, and I just, I didn't get in a hurry but I didn't dawdle, I didn't slow down particularly. And I just read out loud this passage of scripture, the entirety of Simon Peter's message in the old soldier's home. It took just short of a minute and 40 seconds. There have been times I've stepped to the pulpit and I didn't get through saying hello in a minute and 40 seconds. It doesn't take a long, long time when the Lord is moving. It doesn't take a fine robe choir. It doesn't take a, a huge crowd. It doesn't take most of the things that we have become so used to. In this day, do you realize that it doesn't even take the physical presence of the preacher? Right now, while I'm speaking, or later when this is replayed from the archives, it is extremely likely that someone who is hungry of heart will find themselves in a modern day equivalent of the old soldier's home. And without a PowerPoint, without an interpretive dance, without a lot of folks gathering around to pray, a heart will open up a soul will reach out and the spirit of the Lord will enter in. That can be you. You don't have to have all the trappings that modern church has come to depend upon. You see, the thing that's really important is, is not a, a, a fancy building it's not a big budget. It's not a whole lot of bodies. What you need is the old, old story of Jesus and his love. He went about doing good. And yet they crucified him, killed him in one of the most horrible ways that mankind has ever devised. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen by many witnesses, around 500 that we know of at one time.
and he's going to be the judge of the living and the dead. And he loves you. He wants you to have his spirit. Now, I've taken a lot longer than a minute and 40 seconds tonight to describe to you that you really don't need a whole lot of things that we might think we need. You need to repent of your sins. You need to believe the Lord. You need to open up and let him fill you with his spirit. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to believe him. You've got to let him fill you with his spirit. Ask him for it. And then you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Get in touch with us at newarkupc.info. We can make some arrangements and help you through all of that. I notice that it says that those Jews that had gone with Simon Peter to the old soldier's home were amazed. They didn't think these people could get the Holy Ghost. They didn't think that they would be filled with God's spirit. They were amazed because it didn't fit the pattern they were used to. Let me explain to you tonight that God can set a new pattern. He's not bound by our traditions. He's not bound by our limitations. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're lost, you fit the definition of who he is looking for. Can you believe him? Can you repent? Can you open up and seek him this evening? Let him fill you with his spirit. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you see and you know who will be listening, not only tonight, but in days to come. And I pray that your spirit would touch their hearts. Whatever their situation, Lord, help them. You've done miraculous, wonderful, unprecedented things as a standard operating procedure for you throughout the centuries. What we think we have to have, you just work around it and get it done anyhow. Lord, speak to these hearts, help them to seek you. Fill them with your spirit tonight, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, for being with us this evening. Let me invite you to join us again Tuesday night. We broadcast six days a week, six nights a week from Tuesday through Sunday. We'll be looking for you at that time next Tuesday when we will be talking about the meaning in the music. Come be with us.
join us not only on Zoom, but join us in spirit. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. God bless you.